0: The Talking 306 Podcast is a proud member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, which is supported in part by Connexus Credit Union. Savings, checkings, GIC, budget, RESP, RRSP, TFSA, mutual funds, credit score, emergency funds, variable versus fixed rates, compound interest, retirement. The list goes on and on. It's time to make sense of it all. At Connexus Credit Union, they want to help. Financial literacy is a critical life skill, giving you the knowledge and confidence to make smart, responsible decisions about your money. Visit connectusmoneytalk.ca to find expert advice, tips and solutions for all life stages and events, and increase your financial literacy knowledge and confidence today. The Saskatchewan Podcast Network is also supported in part by Direct West. Is marketing getting in the way of running your business? things like updating your Google listing, thinking of a headline for a billboard, or making sure your website is in good shape, that's where Direct West comes in. You can get local, expert marketing help for your business at directwest.com. The Saskatchewan Podcast Network is also supported this month by the Saskatchewan Ministry of Highways, and they're making sure that we're careful on highways this winter, especially in snow zones. Snowplows pull over every 10 to 15 kilometers for you to pass safely. Please treat snowplows the same as you would an emergency vehicle. If a plow is pulled over and has lights flashing, slow down to 60 and pass with caution. It's not a race. Give some space. Pass snowplows safely. If you're out on the highway this winter, if you're going somewhere in the province, check the Saskatchewan Highway Hotline before traveling. Visit saskatchewan.ca/snowzone for more information. Welcome to the Talking 306 podcast, part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. I'm the host, Dale Richardson. On this episode of the podcast, as part of my Saskatchewan Podcasters series, my guest is James Avramenko. James Avermanco is the host of Friendless, a podcast about losing friends one hour at a time. We got together recently to discuss his life, including growing up in Calgary, his, his relationship with his parents and being a child of divorce, his love of theatre and the arts and working as an actor, the story of how he met his wife, Jenica, and podcasting, including the reason he started his own podcast, growing podcasting in Saskatchewan how he has evolved as a podcaster and much much more my name is Dale Richardson and I'm the host of the talking 306 podcast and this is my conversation with James avramenko what's this office you're in is this is this your your podcasting studio or just part of, yeah, part of the place yeah. you guys live in
1: this is this is basically, so we have, like, it's a two-bedroom apartment, yeah. and uh, we've converted the second room into, like, a workspace office, yeah. and, uh, and like, so, yeah, my, my wife's side and then my side here, and um, it's not, like, I mean, I have a couple of, like, um, cork boards up and stuff, but it's not, it's it's not really soundproofed at all, yeah. right? I just, I rely more on the mic than on the environment yeah. to... to to get as good a quality as i can and, right but
0: and how's the how's the dual workspace going with you and your good. wife yeah
1: yeah you know what good for the most part um um we often will trade spaces uh uh like i work off a laptop or off a desktop and she works off a laptop and so we'll yeah. um we'll sort of rotate who uses the office off and on um there's there's like crossover because sometimes we both can't help but we've got shit to do
0: so i want to talk of course about your podcast Um, but I I really want to get into that kind of, uh, kind of on the, on the tail end of our, of our conversation, because as you know, with my guests, I like to, uh, kind of run them through the gauntlet of, of all the interesting things (laughs) you've done in your life first. So, but but I will just say that, um, uh, well, I was a guest on, on your podcast. Now was, when was that in the summer? I
1: think. Yeah. Fall. Uh, summer, fall. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere in there. I want to say probably October.
0: Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as a fellow podcaster, it's, it's, it's always interesting going on other people's podcasts. So Definitely. have you, have you done any, have you done other people's podcasts
1: or done other uh, yeah. A, f- a few um um actually before i started podcasting a friend of mine uh has a uh, a simpsons podcast called two bad neighbors great show yeah. everybody should check it out two bad neighbors they're they're going episode by episode to i believe season 10 somewhere in that mm. range and uh they had me on a couple of early episodes to to watch a couple of my favorites i, I got to watch lisa's rival which is my my all-time favorite simpsons episode um but uh um so I've i done a few there and then uh, and then after starting friendless, um, let me think. Have I done? Oh yeah, I did like one through. Uh, I was found through that CBC article that yeah. was written. Um, and actually, that that guy, his name's Aaron Parker. He runs a show called um, the Morning Talk Show. Mm-hmm. Morning, as in like you're in yeah. morning. Um, and uh, he invited me on. It was he's he's a phenomenal interviewer. Super cool guy. And uh, he's actually going to be my guest. Uh, I, I've already recorded the interview, but his episode will be going live. next I need week, to listen so to, that, to that to that podcast. It's really cool. Yeah. It's um, he's a uh, he's actually more of a he's more YouTube based than yeah. on, like you can get the audio yeah. one. But he he drives more towards YouTube and uh, it, he just his idea is just. I mean, in the simplest terms, it's like just bringing on really interesting people and kind of picking their brain about their 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 opinions on, you know, modern culture. I'm I'm really not selling the show as as well as I wish I could be, but oh, uh, it's, he's just a he's a really cool yeah. guy, right? And and really 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 genuine and open. Yeah. Right?
0: So. so you're you're not from Saskatoon.
1: You're no. uh, Ontario you or- uh, alberta technically alberta, yeah. uh born yeah born and raised in calgary right. and then uh and then i went to bc to study so i i i lived in uh victoria for five years to study applied theater and then i moved to Va- Vancouver yeah. for just about five years uh and like just got beat up by the art scene there and was a dishwasher you're, jumping ahead, <laughs> you're, you're going you're- oh oh sorry sorry okay okay <laughs> okay so reeling it back in. okay okay (laughs) okay so i'm in calgary i'm in calgary i'm 17 i'm miserable (laughs) why
0: though
1: oh man why were you miserable well calgary well i think everybody i think everybody when you're when you're in you know one city your whole life i think you lose track of the good elements of your city and i think um someone like calgary you know 20 years ago uh was a very different city um um, i mean it's kind of regressing now but that's a different story but um but it's um you know what calgary was in 2005 uh was very different from what it is now and so i just i needed out i needed away from you know i had i had i i had pretty strained relationships i continue to have pretty strained relationships with both my parents And so I just needed out and uh, so I had the opportunity to go to to university and and uh, I put all my eggs in one basket um, to go to UVic. I didn't even think about other, other schools and which in retrospect is the dumbest thing I could have done. <laughs> but somehow I just bumble butted my way in and like completely just like ass over tea kettle, fell into uh getting into the into the theater program there and uh yeah it was just that thing of like of just like I felt like a yeah, I mean this is cheesy but it's like I felt like a Disney character mm. I felt like I just like was meant for something other than staying in my hometown yeah. I felt like I needed I needed to see something else and I needed to experience something else and um and at that time they're just Calgary couldn't offer me anything you what's know, so.
0: what's the deal with your with your parents you said that you have weird, weird relationships with them. Oh man!
1: Oh man! You really want to go into sure that? Yeah, that's a that's a. I don't know if I. Sh- I don't know. I don't know if I should go to 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 in detail. It's just. It's you know. I look. I'm I'm the third child of a divorce, mm. and 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 uh, you know, try as any parent might. Uh, A divorce is going to fuck your kid up, you know, and like you could be the most put together person or you could be the most volatile, you know, messed up bipolar person. It doesn't matter. Like uh, uh, a divorce is going to do some pretty ingrained damage in terms of, uh, you know, uh, feelings of worth. Right. When did did your uh, parents split up? uh well they started they start they split up when i was maybe seven six or seven oh, okay so and you were, then, you were like, pretty the young the official divorce was like nine. Oh, yeah right yeah so yeah. i only have uh, like the only the only real the only real like um visceral memories i have of my parents together are them fighting yeah. um that's this kind of the only memories i have of them together i mean i know i have other but you know you're so little that they're all just like i feel like childhood memories feel more like a dream than reality right and and mm, so that's interesting
0: um, yeah they yeah do.
1: well because they're all just sort of you know they're all glossy right and so the only really tactile ones i have are of them fighting and then um and then like eating burger king <laughs> those are like my only memories yeah. right <laughs> you have siblings you and you have two other siblings what, I do. What are their name? Yeah, two. I've well, I I have an older brother, older sister, David and Lisa, <laughs> and then I have a younger half brother named Derek. Sure. And uh um, yeah, from my dad's second marriage. And uh, and you know, love love them all, love them yeah. all. But it's just like when you're when you're 12, you know, when you're when you're well, you know, younger, you know, when I, when you're 10 and you're told, you know, your dad's remarrying and he's having a kid, and you know, it's confusing, <sighs> right? And you know, as an adult it's more processable and, and I, and I, you know, and I, I love my family. It's just that like growing up, it's confusing and it's really hard to process. So, so, you know, when you're 17 and you're hormonal and you're mad at everything and right. Yeah. You know, and you just, I just needed it out. I needed to be away from everybody.
0: How old are you? Are you 32, 33? 33, yeah. Yeah, so we're, turned 33. Yeah. We're the, we're the same age then. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think that's, that's so interesting. I'm I'm I, I'm just quickly thinking back to the the people that I was friends with growing up, like in, in elementary and high school. I feel like now there's more more people getting divorced. Like, I mean, the the divorce rate is obviously it keeps going up every year. I right. think right. Um, but yeah, I think fifteen years ago and even twenty, like when you're or closer to twenty five, I guess when your parents yeah. split up i mean that was at that time that was probably still pretty rare uh or not yeah as it common, felt like a and, and for a seven year old exactly. i mean obviously that's 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 a fairly traumatic
1: thing yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it was definitely one of those things where like i mean when you're seven statistics don't really matter to no, you, no, of course, <laughs> you know? yeah. right it's like yeah it's like I, you're who not cares pulling up going oh yeah. here's the bell curve well i'm on the yeah yeah. you know like it's one of those like who cares what's happening around the yeah. city it's what it's happening to me right you know and uh um and i and i um yeah i think that uh you know i i believe i could i'm almost certainly wrong about this but but i believe there was a bit of a boom of of divorcing in the sort of like late 80s early 90s hmm. and 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 that's actually correlated to a lot of really gross like um like property laws and bank laws and like there's a lot of like like uh, i don't remember the exact date but like you know divorced women couldn't have bank accounts until like the 70s like it's like there's like a lot of really other mess up stuff behind what was happening there and so um you know i'm in full support of divorce right like i'm not somebody who's like stay together for the kids like no yeah like like you're you're if you're in a bad marriage you're gonna screw them up either way (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, the you know, the, 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 goal is to like, take care of yourself. And that, that for me is the thing that, and I'm not saying this to throw my parents under the bus. It's just that they didn't have the tools that are available in terms of like psychology and, and the, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the, the, um, the ability to talk openly about their hurt and their pain and what was going on with them didn't exist then, you know, and, and,
0: and, and James, I think for many, parents um uh, now like like parents that are like our parents age that's still mm-hmm. the case i mean it's you, still the, you exactly. and i and i think a, a lot of our peers uh, going to therapy is not is
1: not an unusual thing exactly um, back then it was a, a, back then it was a, it was a, you want to talk about like social shunning, right? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. it was like you had COVID. It was like, suddenly you're, you're, you're a leper. Yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. And the,
0: yeah. And people then would, would call their, the therapist, the shrink.
1: The shrink. Think, I exactly. I don't think that's such a common it, not, term anymore.
0: Thankfully. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You know, and it's, you know, and it's like, yeah. And and I remember even at one point uh, my family, went to like i've i've basically i've i've been in and out of therapy my entire life and uh and uh and i remember the early ones uh my my parents going and you know taking all of us but them being so resistant to it and being almost combative with it that it was like well why are we even here like this is so useless if nobody's gonna actually process anything right and um Because that's the big, I mean, for me, that's always been the big takeaway of therapy is like, if you're going to fight it, don't do it. The whole point is to like actually process something openly and and honestly. It's not about, I I see so many people who begrudgingly go to therapy to sort of prove something or to like, or to sort of like. To to appease. um, Act like they're, yeah, appease, appease is the perfect word for it, right? Well, I went, I did my, I did it. I'm done. And it's like, no, buddy, like you're that's not that's actually making things worse because now you have a whole new set of tools to use at your disposal to manipulate and and pretend like you're right. And so it's actually really dangerous to send those kinds of people to it if they're not willing to do it openly and honestly. Yeah, man. So
0: (laughs) kind of kind of sounds like your life growing up was 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 tougher. So um, first of all, I'm I'm sorry to hear that. Um, wow. but like what, what kinds of things were you in the, like, I'm assuming theater. What, yeah. which high school did you go to?
1: In, in uh, I went to a school called, I went to a school called Boness. bonus high hmm, my school. My cousin went in there in the Northwest of Calgary. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no kidding. <laughs> what, what years were they there?
0: Uh, Kristen would have graduated 2003. Yeah.
1: Uh, oh my God. I might've, I might've known. Her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Bonass. laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I know of that uh, place. Yeah yeah it was great I mean you know what it, it was one again it was one of those places that it was like it had a worse reputation than it really was kind of thing like it was one of those like when you're in Calgary they're like oh you went to Boness. oh did you ever get stabbed and it's just like no like it was just high school you yeah. know like um no more than any other anyway but um but uh were there yeah but was I it was, is Boness kind of a rough school or was it then like we're I mean I didn't I didn't really see it yeah. but uh but like like Boness as a community is sort of a funny little spot in Calgary because it actually used to be its own town and then it got sort of swallowed up by expansion and it's 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 on the sort of like lower income spectrum mm-hmm. which I mean obviously leads to more <laughs> profiling than anything but mm-hmm. um but uh but um you know there was like there was stuff but no more than i feel like anywhere else um um i didn't really see it as a as a rough school i mean i survived and i was a, just a coward so <laughs> you know, but, uh, but yeah i mean i also like i just stuck to myself right i i i i was in the theater um and and it's funny i i in in sort of in looking back on it i realized that i had a very I had a very like dual experience of my entire life because I had the sort of like exterior behavior and then my sort of interior world of what was going on. Right. And, and cause I, you know, like I say, like I was so angry and I was so confused and I felt so lost, which I think is a very common thing when you're growing up. And, and, and I sort of covered that by becoming sort of a class clown kind of guy. Yeah. I became very boisterous, very outspoken, interrupted in class and you know and just like anything to sort of get noticed for the wrong reasons right and and it's what got me into theater and it's what got me into art in general was that I was like oh here is a place to channel a lot of my emotions and a lot of my mix of thoughts I can process through art and um and and so people will often remember me as this like very like jovial, open, outspoken guy. Mm-hmm. Whereas in my memory, in 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 my in my my recollections of it, I was just like I I was sad or and or angry all the time, you know. And and uh, and and it's just because of like it's like masking and yeah. it's you know and it's um and it's also like it's also you know. Uh, as I've come to understand it, it's like also very much like trauma coping of like, you know, you, you sort of see yourself as alone when you really weren't, because that's, those are the times when you could process things. And when you're with people, you're not processing well. But
0: that. you enjoyed it. I'm assuming though, right? Like, obviously you, you get into um, cause I, I did a lot of theater when I was in high school too. And I, uh, you know, now that I think about it, yeah, I was, it was probably, there's probably reasons why I enjoyed it more than, Maybe I should have, but I mean, like, I remember the first time, well, I mean, I I did, like, I did musical theater at our, at our church growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, but it like in high school, man, I I love drama so much. It was my favorite class. And then I started getting into, um, into, into productions, like auditioning for school plays. Yeah. Yeah. And the, it was just an incredible thrill. Like there, as I'm sure you would agree, there's, there's nothing like standing on a stage and uh, there's a, there's a lot on the line when you get out there.
1: Bingo. I, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I, I think it's incredible. And I, and I, I wish that there was a culture of support around the arts, the way that there is around sports, yeah. because, you know, you often hear in sports culture about how it teaches teamwork and it teaches character, right? they always say it builds character. And I'm like, Oh, so you're, are you saying anyone who didn't play a sport has no character, like get fucked. Right. You know, it's, like, one, it's one of the stupidest it,
0: things that sports people say in interviews and I love sports.
1: Oh yeah. percent. Really big, big time. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when it's like, there's other ways to build character, you know, and there's other ways to learn how to work in community and one of the easiest ones. And one of the most, Uh, fulfilling ones is the arts you know and 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 um, yeah no I I the way that uh, I discovered community and expression and teamwork you know through through theater and then through you know I I actually got into it initially because I joined dance class that was the first performing Mm. performing arts class I took I was (laughs) I was the first boy To ever willingly join dance in Boat Ness High School's history, (laughs) they had apparently they'd like made one or two of them go in as like we can't make you work in any other class, so you're in dance now. (laughs) And uh, and so I was the first guy to willingly join, and um, and then through that got into musical theater, and then through that got into just traditional theater itself. And uh, yeah, you know, it's 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 such a great community, and it's just such a great feeling to. Um, whether it's you know learn choreography or learn your role and sort of tap a character and all those things and then and then to perform it there's no it's no less risky to be on stage than it is to be on a. Football yeah. field, you know, like, and I mean, it, I mean, okay, yeah, maybe in in terms of health, you know, you're there's a lot less risk of CTE through theater, but um, but like, <laughs> a little you bit. know, you're not yeah. you're not going to take you're not you're, you're not, not going to take as much head yeah, you're trauma not getting <laughs> concussed and <in>, during Shakespeare, <laughs> right? And, right, you know, you could be, yeah, you could be, but that's it's a yeah. lower risk, right? <laughs> but it's like, but in terms of like the emotional risk, yeah. right? In terms of the 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 social risk, right? What kinds of
0: musical theater did you do?
1: uh well i started out with just like the the like um those like for what are they called they're like they're sort of like variety show but they're like they're like condensed musicals so yeah. it would be like it would be like cats but it was like 30 seconds of every song Oh yeah <laughs> right medleys it was like yeah, medleys right. and stuff like that right you know oh, that's and so, the best. like though. my first musical oh it's the best it's so fun uh my first musical i got to be the rum tum tugger yeah <laughs> and then uh and then uh uh, one year we did, uh, Seussical, the musical. I was doctor or doctor, I was Mr. Mayor Who. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so it was like, you know, in terms of, in terms of what I was doing, I, I, it was just whatever the musical director of the school chose, you know, that year. Right. And, and, uh, and, uh, I didn't, I never really pursued musical theater that much because I found that within the theater culture, There's divisions, right? Mm -hmm. There's the people who are sort of like the purists and they're like the reality theater people. And then there's the sort of comedians and the absurdists. And then there's the musical theater people. And I always found the musical theater people to be the most intimidating because the skill it takes to be a truly great musical theater artist is staggering. Um, It's something that I don't think people realize is how hard it is to be in a musical because you're... You're singing at top volume and at top, you know, skill and range. You're dancing and then you're also acting. And so like to like to character dance, not not just as me doing my moves, but like as yeah. Mr. Mayor and then to character sing, like it's really hard. And and it's something that I, I, I always remind people about when they talk about like, oh, that looks so easy is that it's like the reason why. Um, Art looks easy is because you're watching a master. Um, Like when, when you see somebody who's not very skilled, uh, it looks clumsy and it looks hard because it is, it's hard for them. Right. And, and then when you witness art, that looks really easy and smooth and, and almost effortless. It's because they have spent so long getting good at that move mm-hmm. right you know it's like it's it's because they're, they're true masters you know and and well if you perform yeah, it's hard yeah to
0: if you think about it like people that that perform on broadway they're doing mm-hmm.
1: 300 shows a year at least maybe yeah. more yeah well they they it's six six days a week yeah. six days a week uh usually two shows a day i believe yeah. and so it's it's nuts you know it's why they have they have understudies and they rotate out and that stuff right it's actually i mean i mean to be to be honest um i i prefer a sort of rep theater model like that where it's like it's just a show in perpetuity that rotates out rather than the way canadian theater has these seasons right and so you Mm. only do it for two weeks and then you're done and you're out of a contract and you're screwed and it's why we have so many starving artists here because nobody can give consistent work let alone get it you know and uh so why yeah. the art, the art scene? So sucks. tell me, tell
0: me, <laughs> tell me about the move out, out, out West then. So Calgary mm. was, was, you knew it was just not, not the place for you at that time. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't work in the, in the resource industry. So <laughs> no, <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, I didn't get my engineering yeah. and uh, my, they all got, they all say they're engineers and then they go drill. Right. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. ah, do you just drive a truck all day and get paid too much money? <laughs> People got to work. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm just contemptuous of it. But, um, but, uh, but uh, yeah. So I, I applied to UVic, uh, somehow got in.
0: What and, do you mean somehow? Uh, moved why do, you, there.
1: why do you say somehow? Well, because, well, because my grades were atrocious. Mm. Like I just was, I was skating by and, and, you know 60s 70s if I was lucky uh performing arts obviously I was doing good but like all my regular classes like just skating by and then in the actual so what to go to theater school is a little different from 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 usual university where you know you apply and they look at your grades in theater school you have to fly out and audition they let you into the program that way and so uh when I went out (laughs) I just I just thinking about it now I'm like what an idiot i i auditioned uh for theater school with um, a film monologue <laughs> what, what was I, uh, the film? I, I i used <laughs> this is so embarrassing i used the uh the shark monologue from the Leonardo DiCaprio starring movie the beach <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and uh and and then i used very interesting choice Right? I know, I know. (laughs) Uh I was a big Leo fan, still, but 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 especially then. But um uh I also used the single easiest Shakespearean monologue ever written, which is the but sloughed what light from yonder window breaks from Romeo and Juliet. Another Leo, another Leo monologue. Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah, He was
0: in the in the film uh, film version of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, yeah, the the Romeo plus Juliet. That that was uh, that was between basketball diaries and Titanic, I think maybe. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It was just before Titanic.
1: Wow. And, uh, but obviously obviously doing that worked out for you because you got in. Yeah, somehow. Yeah, exactly. So I, so I got in and moved out. And actually for my first year, um, my sister, actually, she had just graduated from her first degree. She had, she got a degree in in poli sci and then she went into law school and she got into the law school at UVic. So for the first year, I actually lived with her and then, uh, and then for the next four, I, I just, I kind of, I did this thing where I would sort of, I would do one year on one year off with roommates. Mm-hmm. So I would like, I would live with a roommate for a year and then I'd live alone for a year and then I'd live with a roommate and then I'd live You alone needed a break. Day. And yeah. Yeah. Especially again, you know, young processing, figuring out who I am, figuring out how I sort of stand in the world and how I interact with people and, and, you know, I made the mistake over and over and over again of living with a friend, which is something no one should ever do. You should, you should like your roommate, but you shouldn't hang out with your roommate. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I feel like a roommate is good for like passing in the hallway and like sharing bills. You yeah, know? that's about well, it. Well, because right? yeah, it, it,
0: if you if things go sideways with a friend, exactly, exactly. that sucks. Same with business, obviously. Yep.
1: Try not to do well, yeah. business well, with that's friends. Just it. Exactly. Because it's like if you ever have to do something shitty, then then you're screwed. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and then you lose that friendship. And, and uh, yeah. So, you know, it was but I mean, it was Victoria and that place is just that place is paradise. Like you liked it. Though. It's oh, my God. It's an unbelievable city. Like it's it's boring. There's nothing really to do do per se like the whole city shuts down at six (laughs) right? like it's like it's you know it's 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 a retirement home but it's in paradise yeah right and And and, and, yeah
0: it's kind of a weird combination of a retirement community and a government town
1: and set on that on you know
0: beautiful you know
1: part of the of the coast yeah that is interesting and it's good you know and it's great like um the, again, I mean, it's a Canadian city, so like culture isn't exactly celebrated anywhere. But in Victoria, like the the artist community there is incredible. Like the 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 the, the like you know per capita, you know uh, the way that the artists are condensed there, they're incredibly talented. It's like, just that like a, yeah, again, it's like no Canadian city really gives a shit about art or artists, so it's really hard to to actually survive but uh but but it I, I would i would argue pound for pound victoria has some of the some of the greatest population of artists and, it, and it,
0: we, like what are we talking here mostly theater or i mean music obviously music, everything else music what? for
1: sure music for sure um i mean the theater artists there are incredible uh, you know it's it's the birthplace of of atomic vaudeville it's the birthplace mm-hmm. of you know the theater scam um you know it's got blue bridge there like it's 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 got um, it's got some really incredible talent there, yeah. Music theater, um, I mean, it's you know Emily Carrs from right.
0: the, you yeah. know, right. I mean, so I the, realize that's an old example, yeah. example, but yeah. So the visual artists, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: man, yeah. I, I you know outside of, I love doing theater. I like music too uh, when I was mm-hmm. growing up, but drawing or painting anything or making a craft. God, I was just—I yeah. was
1: miserable yeah. at it. Horrible, in fact. Visual art is is impossible to me. I I, I think that people hmm. who can paint in any capacity, whether it's abstract, whether it's realist, whether it's surreal, whatever it is, any form of visual art is is staggering. To is me. that <laughs> you know? is that
0: common? Like in your experience, in your in your work, um, was that a common thing where the theater people or the music people? couldn't draw worth shit or or were there any or were there uh, like maybe there weren't opportunities to to see okay we're gonna have a competition we're gonna do a monologue on stage and then we're gonna have to do a painting
1: you know it's funny actually it's funny that you ask about that because there used to be a show I don't know if there is anymore but there used to be a, a show where they would pit two different kinds of artists against each other and then the audience would vote on who won um, mm, really it was really fun like really super like raucous almost like a almost like it was like a slam like a like a poetry slam but for for all yeah. art, um uh but in terms of crossover i think it depends i don't know i don't i don't really i couldn't say if i've experienced people in one way or another um because it's like i definitely know some artists who just like have an aptitude yeah. for expression right and so if they if they they may not necessarily have like the deepest skills and everything, but they are just so able to express themselves and what they're thinking in whatever medium they have at the time um, that it, that it uh, crosses over that way. And then there's others that are just so hyper-focused, right. And who are just so hyper, hyper hyper-skilled at one thing. And I, I, you know, I don't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily qualify that as a, a bad thing, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, it's just you know. Did you meet your wife in in Victoria, or did you guys I meet? Mean, no, yeah. uh, in Vancouver. Mm. So after I after I graduated, I uh, I actually worked in a place called Bark- Barkerville for a summer, um, which is a uh, it's like a <laughs> it used to be the largest city north of San Francisco in the eighteen sixties. Oh yeah, I believe it was maybe the eighteen eighties, and uh, and then it burnt down. <laughs> and then uh, and then they rebuilt it and then it burnt down again uh <laughs> man, bad luck, and, and uh right yeah it was it was gold rush town, yeah, right yeah, yeah. and uh it happened all over and so um nowadays it has been converted into like a living museum hmm. so, so so you go up there it's just a little north of um Quesnel. i don't know if you know if you know where Quinnell no. is um kind of around like the prince george area okay. but um so it's like a living museum and basically every summer actors go up there and they're like, I'm the, I'm the miner, yeah, I'm yeah, the yeah. banker. Yeah, oh, okay. I'm the blacksmith. Right. And is it, uh, is it kind of like, and, kind of like
0: Dawson city in the in the Yukon kind of like absolutely, that? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah right.
1: exactly. You know, there's, there's examples all over there's heritage mm. park in Calgary. There's, there's lots of places like that. And uh, I know uh, uh, is it, is it Beacon Hill? I think it's called in Halifax. We went to one time. Anyway, um, they uh, yeah. So I got hired uh, right out of school by a friend of mine to play, it was actually a really interesting role. It was really fun. I got to play an archaeologist in Chinatown. So my character was real. He was a real guy. His name is Glenn, Glenn Ross, and he was an archaeologist who helped on the dig to sort of excavate and, and sort of re, reinvigorate the, the Chinatown area in the 1980s. And so <laughs> all the other actors are walking around like it's 1880 and I'm walking around like it's 1980. And so, and so I'd be giving tours and I'd give the tours of the of the Chinatown area and um, and I would just be myself. So all the other actors are like, "Oh, good day, madam. How do you do? Oh, what's that bizarre, <laughs> bizarre box yeah. that glows, right?" And and I would just play it totally cool. And that, but then what I would do to keep myself entertained is I just make references to like 1980s stuff out of nowhere. So I'd be like, "Oh man, did, did any did you guys see Empire Strikes Back?" So nobody so happened. So
0: <laughs> this person it, it was 1880s, but nobody specified to you that or or the character was was 19, 1980s, which. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: oh, okay. Yeah. So, for me, like, it was this weird, and I mean, like, it's one of those things that <laughs> it's, it's it's the whole the whole facade of a of a place like that is built more around people wanting to buy in than actually like forcefully holding character. Yeah. At, at least that's how I've always seen it. It's like. Like, uh, you know, for instance, there was this one guy who who worked up there for years who played one of the judges and he would never pretend to not know what a cell phone was, even though his character, Judge Begbie, you know, lived in the 1880s. But his reasoning was Barkerville was a hub of information. It was a place of travelers. It was a place where people would come and go. So if we're going to accept the reality that Barkerville still exists, then that means he's been shown a cell phone because there's no way somebody like begbie would have n- never seen a cell phone so he's not going to do this oh what's that box he's just gonna be like yeah it's a cell phone put it away we're in a tour you know <laughs> like yeah. right you know it was it was amazing he was god he was an amazing that, guy. Make, that um, makes sense that's that's good right, reasoning right. i you think know, you know it's that it's that thing of like it's it's maintaining the illusion for entertainment not for being pedantic Mm -hmm. right and uh and so for me you know i was basically just myself i would just give a tour of a really fascinating piece of canadian history and i and i had the opportunity not only to um celebrate the experiences of of the chinese people who came over and to you know to show the, the 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 work they put in but also to really illuminate the the horrors that they were put through right the the indentured servitude how they were basically brought over as slaves and yet at the same time too managed to thrive and and become such an integral part especially of bc but i mean they're so ingrained in canadian culture and 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 um you know in bc they were an integral element of building that 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 province up and and it's um and yeah the the horrific treatment that they endured was just you know Um, and so it was something that I could, I had an opportunity to, um, to discuss and to illuminate and not gloss over. Right. And, and, and I think that that's such an important part of, you know, there's this whole sort of theory around historical interpretation, which was what the job is, right. Is like, what do you give out to the public and what do you withhold in order to maintain entertainment value? Mm. And, um, and I think in the last decade, it's really shifted towards being much more honest and a lot less glossy yeah. and a lot less, you know, it's, 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 it's having the bravery to admit how bad people had it and still understanding that it's a good thing that we're here now. <laughs> right. You know, it's not bad that we're all alive. It's just that we have to understand what has happened and how it got us yeah. here.
0: Yeah. No kidding. Okay. So you go and do and do that cool thing. Yeah. Where you were talking about Star Wars. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs>
1: and then, so after the summer, yeah. after the summer, I came. I, I so I moved to Vancouver because I, I, had you know, big bushy tailed, bright eyed. I was, I was, I graduated from theater. I was gonna be a star. I was gonna make it, and uh, and and Vancouver was gonna be my launching pad. And I uh, got an agent, and never got cast in anything. Mm-hmm. Never, never landed a single role. And uh, and then had to pay rent, so I became a. I was a dishwasher uh, and, uh, phone salesman, just, you know, bouncing job to job kind of thing. And, uh, and, uh, a couple years of that, a couple bad relationships. And then, uh, a friend of mine set me up on a blind date. Uh, I was like, basically we were out, we were out like, you know, I don't know. I, I think I remember we were like, it was after work and we were like having some wine like on the beach or something like that. And I was just sort of complaining about, you know like i was using at the time i was using the plenty of fish app mm-hmm. which is sort of like proto proto tinder i guess and yeah, uh, and i was like it's awful it's the worst like these these apps are just just they're awful <laughs> you know they're 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 so reductive and they're so hard to like have a genuine connection and um and and it creates this illusion of like it's almost like it's it gamifies relationships where it's like there's always another option right. just level up you know and, uh, and so I was like, I don't know how to meet anybody and I, and I don't want to meet them through this. And so, uh, my friends set me up on a blind date with a friend of hers who was basically going through the same, um, the same experience. And, uh, and, <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, so I, 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 um, met up with her at a at a bar and i had already i'd already finished one drink and then i ordered around for both of us before she got there so this, you know drinks waiting just in case you got so, you got a social little right a now.
0: little presumptive in terms of what you wanted to drink wasn't it
1: i know it was <laughs> <a> the <little laughs> special like you have to understand at the time i was a sales associate so it was like i i and i actually <laughs> i had actually I had already canceled the date once. So we, mm-hmm. I was given her a number, you know, I, I, I texted her and said like, Hey, you know, we're, uh, you know, our friend gave me, gave me your number. And I was wondering if you'd like to go out for drinks with me sometime. And, uh, and she said, yes. And, uh, and then I actually, we set a date and I canceled because, um, I hadn't, I, I, I had no money. Um, I, I was, I was broke and, um, so I had to wait for my next paycheck yeah. and, uh, and I gave her the excuse that it, and I'll always remember this cause it was this week. I was like, it's, it's, um, it's the Red Wedding episode for Game of, of Thrones. And, and my, and my roommates and I, uh, we really want to watch it. So do you mind if we go out next week? How would you have, you know, trying to hide. How would you right? have known? Right? I tried to hide that I was <laughs> How could you have known well, if, because if we have never all... seen the Red
0: Wedding episode, what was going to happen in it?
1: well because we'd all read oh, the books, right so know, like guess, we read the book yeah. so we yeah, knew it was yeah. coming we knew it was and they had set it up and they were like it's the next thing coming one of and, the most know, so we were like it's gonna be shocking the, things i've incredible. ever seen in my life oh my god it's incredible um and uh and so you know to hide that i was broke i was like look it's, you know it's the red wedding so we we really want to watch it but can we do it next week and then i got paid and so i was like okay i've got a, you know i've got a hundred bucks to work with whatever and uh So yeah, so I bought the special because I had to, I I also had to like, you know, you got to stretch your money out, right? You can't, you can't, you can't buy the best drinks right out of the gate, you know? And so bought a couple rounds and then we went to see a play and, and, and and my wife, she, she loves telling this part of the story because what happened was we, we got to the, the theater and she went in, she went to the washroom and I went to get drinks and, um. And she comes back and I had bought two uh four cans of beer. I had bought four four beers, and I kind of gave her this shrug, like and I and I didn't know what to say. So I was like, there's there's no intermission.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a- so,
1: so I was like stalking <laughs> that's up. That's a good reason. Right? <laughs> and uh and yeah, we just hit it off. And she's just like she's just the best, right? Like, and it literally, like from the moment I met her, like she just lit up and she's just got this smile and 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 <laughs> we we just yeah we just we just hit it off instantly how long right.
0: was it on, until you gave her the scoop on on why you canceled that first date
1: oh that day oh, that on yeah, the date funny. yeah on the date yeah <laughs> we, we we did this funny yeah. thing we did this thing where we basically like both of us were so sick of dating yeah. Uh, not that we were like that were gonna make this work but it was like you know when when you're when you're dating and you're sort of you know you have to sort of play this game you have to pretend you're somebody you're not because you're trying to present the person you think they want to yep. see so you have to play it cool and you have to say the right thing and you have to not be yourself you have to be sort of this like cool version of yourself and so both of us were just like fuck it and we just like we, we were so not like raw I don't know how to describe it exactly Authentic. But just like neither of us played any yeah like neither of us played any games so i just like you know we went out for 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 um like some appies after the show and we were just you know we were just real with it and i just uh, you know at some point in the night i just explained like yeah like i had to i had to cancel last week because i was broke and i wanted to make sure that this was a fun date and not like me counting pennies. Right. Which I still ended up having to count pennies because I was a phone salesman. I was broke. You know, you know what? I but- think that, I think that story uh, it says a lot about
0: both you and, and your wife. It says a lot about you that you were, you had the courage to, to, to just be honest with her. I think a lot of people, including myself, I, I would um, that that's a tough thing to, to tell somebody that I couldn't yeah. go on a date with you. Cause I, I, I didn't have any money and you know there's <laughs> yeah. there's a lot that is involved with 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 telling somebody that and uh you know you're probably thinking oh she's going to judge me she's going to think xyz whatever it says a lot about her that she just went i understand that's cool and thanks yeah. for being honest yeah. with me
1: oh yeah and we and we got even worse with it i mean i won't go into all the details but we got we got <laughs> we just yeah, we had very honest conversations that night. That's you good. Know, we also we got like by the end of the night we got like six beers deep, so we were just goofy. Right? Yeah, but, like, it was just it was just super fun, and and like right away, like I I I just I knew that there was something different with her. I knew it was something special, and I and I and I um and her name's so, you know, Jenica, so we, right? Janica yeah. yeah, Jenica, yeah, and uh, yeah, and, and so we we went on a couple dates, and and um. And even like, like I remember it was, we'd only been dating maybe two weeks or so. And I had to go to uh, my brother's wedding. Um, he, he lives in, in, just outside of Halifax. And uh, yeah, and I just remember like my whole family, it was like, I was a different person. Like I was just like, I was just kind of glowing a little bit. You know what I mean? And I was really excited to tell everybody about her, you know, and it's weird. Cause it's like, you're dating somebody for two weeks. It's kind of like, you know, okay, James, don't get ahead. So, of yourself. so she, like,
0: she came to Halifax with you to the wedding. You know, oh, no, okay. just, just me. Oh, gotcha. Just me. Yeah, I was yeah. just,
1: I was just, te- I just couldn't wait to tell everybody about her. Right. That's I nice. couldn't wait to like, right. And, and just say like, you know, yeah. I mean, I like, and we, we were both like this. Jenica and I both were were the kinds of people who never really expected to get married. Mm-hmm. Never really expected to, like, neither of us ever had those sort of fantasies of a wedding or, you know, whatever it takes, th- those kind of elements of it. And so it really took us by surprise when, when everything sort of rolled together. And it was like, it just made sense. Yeah. Right? So she...
0: She's a theater person as well. Right. Cause she, she is a job. If, if we can just advance a little bit, you, yeah, you yeah. guys moved to Saskatoon, right. Cause she got a job with, with Persephone theater.
1: Right. That's right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we, so we met in Vancouver and pretty quickly uh, just sort of ran out of money, ran out of options. So we moved back to Calgary. Mm-hmm. And uh, for a little bit, we actually lived in a in the my my uh, the my grandpa owns not only his house but he owns a, this little house beside. Oh, him yeah. and, and they so, told me and so so we lived. Camps, right? Yeah, yeah. So we lived on his in on his little second house for cheap rent and and just a way to sort of get back on our feet and and, uh, and then yeah and then in the process she. She we, we got married and uh and then she applied to this job and got it so we decided okay we're moving to Saskatoon and so that was just over three years ago hmm. we moved three years ago last October So
0: 2017
1: sounds yeah. right yeah wow
0: it probably goes without saying that it, it's a tough time for live theater these days <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah. How, yeah. <laughs> how, how has her job
1: been going tough it's been really yeah. tough um I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's been lots. I, I don't know how much I can totally comfortably sure. talk about, especially because it's sort no of problem. like not my place to, you know, but, uh, but it's been hard, you know, and it's, and, and especially not only has it been hard with, with theater and with that, but the, the, the community's really insular. It's really small. Yeah. And, and it's really, uh, it's all eyes on Persephone um, because it's the only theater in the city, really, that, that program. At, at the level that it does yeah. and uh, you know there was stuff that happened over the summer yeah um, that's right yeah with the, with the former yeah. AD and you know like I say like I can't really go into detail but it's like but it's just like it's been really hard and and she's taken on a really huge amount of the uh, the burden of it with a, with not very much reward no. so it's uh, yeah
0: it's been tough well, I think live theater in my opinion in addition to sports of course I think are, are things that people are going to be extremely thankful for, at the end yeah. at the end of the pandemic, and yeah. um, you know we we like going to um, uh, to the to the Globe Theater here in Virginia, yeah, and um, yeah, it's something it's something that I miss. We we obviously couldn't go this winter. We we usually try to go to at least one play at the at the Globe each year. Definitely. And um,
1: well, and there's definitely the problem too. There's definitely a problem with like, there's a lot of theaters that are sort of trying to do sort of like small numbers and distance, but it's not no, the same. Okay. And I, I honestly feel like they shouldn't even, I feel like they shouldn't really be wasting their time with it because a, it's like it's dangerous, yeah. you know, it's like, what are you like? It's not worth the risk like to, to watch this terrible monologue or whatever it is, you know, yeah. like, but, it's also, but not- it's also, it's, it's also not the same because you know, when I go to the theater, or to a sports mm-hmm. game, you know, I go to see a hockey game or something like that. I'm not going with the thought in the back of my head that I'm going to catch a potentially deadly virus, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm going there to be safe and to have fun and to be communal. Right. Yeah. That's the whole point of these kinds of gatherings is the, the, the community that gathers in yeah. the room together. And, and I, it's not the same. And I, and I don't think that it should be done right now. I think we need to wait and we need to recollect and, and we need to get, safer first and because yeah like you say when it's back and when it's good it's gonna rule yeah. you <laughs> you know it's gonna be the well best.
0: and as and as a performer i mean you you would understand yeah. this that it uh performing to you know a room that's half full yeah it's not the is same. not the same as a room that's full because just because of the energy you know no, i've no, I, you know as i said i haven't been on stage for a long time but there is, and you know, Jerry Seinfeld. He, he's my favorite comedian. He's he's talked about this. There's you get energy, and you can't really explain it unless you've been on the on a stage, but w- yep. you you know it right. And yep, e- it's hard to get that from ten people instead of like a hundred or whatever. That, that's is. exactly
1: it. It's it's almost not fair to the performer yeah. in a way, yeah. and it's also not fair to the audience because it's not getting the same. You're spot on. It's uh, it is it is something you know, to sort of get into the, 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 you know, there's, there, there it's so hard to explain, but it's like, there's a mysticism to it. There is an element of the unknown behind it. And it, and it's the same in sports too. It's the exact, it's, it's when, when a lot of people gather to witness something together and they're all focusing on something and then that person is being focused on, there's a magic there and yeah. there's a, there's, there's a magnetism and there's, the, there's a passive energy, and 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 you know whatever you want to call it, you know there's there's any number of words I'm sure you could choose for it, but it's it's to me it's magic, yeah. you know, and and um, you don't get it from ten people in masks spread out through a hundred person theater, and there's no way to get it there, yeah, right? and and so yeah, it's just not fair to anybody for that experience.
0: How long after you moved to Saskatoon did you start thinking about a podcast?
1: Hmm. uh you know, it's it, I had been thinking about this show for a couple of years, and I'd actually done a pilot run mm-hmm. of it in Calgary, but I had done it with a couple of like really, really, really close friends, and we had talked for like two hours each episode and then not unfriended at the end of it. Well, I will we'll I guess we'll talk about the show in a minute, no, but, but like, yeah, like but t- like
0: why don't you just, just explain I'll, what your like, show I'll is so that sure, I don't butcher sure. it. I mean, I I could <laughs> I could give a good a good synopsis, but you're the host I'll of it, so. it, you were on it, yeah. you get it.
1: But uh, so basically, the basic idea of Friendless, Friendless, the podcast, um, is that I'm calling up every single person on my Facebook list one at a time, and we're talking about our friendship, talking about memories, talking about what it means to be a friend, and then and at the end of the show, we unfriend from Facebook with the idea that we try and find a connection somewhere else, whether it's, you know, as simple as on Instagram or whether it's as complicated as like phone calls or letters. (laughs) Like I've actually started a pen pal with one friend and, you know, so uh, it's just the idea of rediscovering the meaning of friendship off of Facebook. And um, so my pilot run, like I say, I did it with like, you know, my, like some of my best friends and, and, So we didn't unfriend and it just, it just, it wasn't right. I didn't didn't have it yet when I, when I did those initial tries. So came to, came to uh, Saskatoon and um, the idea was always in the back of my mind. And uh, it actually came down to my, it came down to Jenica. It came down to my wife, basically saying the idea is too good to stagnate. Someone's going to do it if you don't do it. Right. You know, cause there's that all that thing. I don't know what the term is, but there's always that thing of like, Anytime time there's an idea in the world, five people somewhere have had mm-hmm. it. And so oh, you, yeah. you just have to be the, you have to be the person who jumps it first. Yeah. Right. And so, and so she threatened, she was basically like, if you don't do it, I'm going to. And,
0: uh, <laughs> well, it's, and, it's uh, such a good idea. And, and of oh, course oh, you, oh, I'm, I'm sure people have said this too. They've said it to me that, you know, this friendless podcast, that's a brilliant idea. And, and I, and I <laughs> should thanks. have thought of that, you know, so, <laughs>
1: <laughs> because it, i really appreciate it's, that.
0: it it's about the concept right and and i think it yeah, i think yeah. we've all um we we all have quote unquote friends on our facebook page yep. that let's be honest we are not friends maybe exactly. we're acquaintances maybe we uh, knew each other uh, 20 years ago you know um but you know in the way that we think of the actual term friend there's a yeah. very small percentage that we would actually
1: consider that way and that's just it and it's and it's and it's also like it's it's healthy to let things go mm-hmm. and it's healthy to to accept that we don't need to be connected in order to be nice to each other right. like i'm not saying i'm not telling these people to drop dead i'm not saying i hate <laughs> them right like i'm just yeah. saying our connection isn't going to happen on Facebook. If we, if I see them on the street, you better believe we're going to be talking and it's going to be the best. You better believe we'll go for a beer if we can, you know, like, like, like it's not saying we are no longer friends. It's about rediscovering what it means to be a friend. And, and because I think, I think, it's very easy to be complacent in relationships now because of things like Facebook, because it lo- allows us to have just a, like a pokedex of friendship, right. Mm-hmm. You know, where we can just scroll through the faces and the names and we can just say we've, Oh yeah, I've checked in on them because I looked at their profile. So I know what's happening. So I've been a friend and it's just not, it's just not the case. Um, and, and so, yeah, you know, it, it, um, and for me too, you know, I've been I've been dealing with a few different elements of processing my past, processing my past behavior, processing um, how I've interacted with people, and and um, trying to come to terms with a bit of like, have I been a good friend in the past right. in, in person, right. right? Um, and because you know I have people on my Facebook who. I see their name and I'm immediately taken back to something shitty I've done, whether it's, you know, being, you know, whether it's being, you know, rude, whether it's being callous, whether, you know, whatever it might be, you know? Um, And so, you know, I also like, I, I'm um, I'm a bit of an ambivert where it's like, I like, I really like people and I like meeting people and I like talking to people, but the moment I'm tired of it, I'm tired of it. And I, and I cannot, like, I have to, shut off and I have to move away and so I worry sometimes in my you know in my those quiet moments before you're falling asleep where you start inventorying all the dumb things you've said in your in your life right um you know I start worrying about like how people remember me and if they remember me well and if they right so so it's just a way of it's a way of processing that so
0: so I try to listen to to most of your episodes I you know there's a there's a few that I miss so but like in terms of that how how have the conversations on with those people like have you been able Mm. to talk to them and and say you know I I feel like and and obviously people maybe just forget or or they just have a different experience than than what you know we may have in our heads but have you raised some of some of those situations with your guests and and been able to say I feel like in my head at least I did this or said this to you
1: has that come up Yeah, you know, uh, or is there more about? I'm working my way up to it. Well, 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 it's 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 a few things. It's a few things. Um, I'm definitely working my way up to some of the more, uh, some of the harder interviews. Mm -hmm. I'm still not quite. I'm not quite ready for yet, and I've just been sort of building up my confidence in terms of my my interview skills and in terms of my 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 editing and and all those kinds of things right because i'm at the end of the day it's still a a product it's still a package that i'm trying to make entertaining and i'm trying to make listenable to people who don't know me which i think is the big hurdle that i'm in terms of like the, the the product friendless it's the thing that i'm struggling with which is like how do i get people interested in an episode if they don't know that person how do I get in? How do I get them interested if they don't know me? Like, how do I get a stranger to listen to this show? Right. Um, hmm. um, which I'm, I'm coming around to, but then in terms of like the, the, the difficult conversations um, it's more about. Um, I mean, it, it, I centered around it, this sounds, ah, this sounds so woo, but it's like, I, I, am. Um, know i'm a big practitioner of meditation uh and so i i try to apply the mentality of living in the moment as much as i can and obviously that that it completely contradicts what i've said before and obviously it's a huge bout of hypocrisy in my behavior um it's just that like i i try to apply it right i fail more often than not but i try (laughs) and uh and so when i have those kinds of conversations um I do do that dance of like how much of it really matters, how much of it is worth bringing up again. You know, you sort of, you sort of have to gauge it in the moment of like, is this, is this something that's real? Is this memory real? Or is it self-imposed? Mm. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm somebody who will always find uh, a, a reason I screwed up every friendship and a reason why everybody hates me and a reason why no one will ever love me, right? Like, I, I'll always have those reasons. I'll always be able to find that. And, um, and so in the moment, you, you really have to weigh, is that a real memory? Is it worth bringing up? Is it worth derailing the good conversation that you're having now by sort of pivoting into this like more painful stuff. Um, and, 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 you know, and again, it's like, is this avoidance? Is this just healthy in the moment conversation? I don't know, but it's um, so far, it's worked more with like, if it comes up, we work through it. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, we, we accept that it's in the past. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. One of the, one of the questions that, that I had or two, two kind of, questions, thoughts I had about your podcast is one, maybe we talked about this when I was a guest on, on your podcast is, is this, you know, but just with your background in, in, in performance and theater, is this, is this a, you know, a version of that, of, of performing, because I know that when I started my podcast, it for sure was that I'd, I'd kind of had a, had a breakthrough in my life where there, there was this creative part of me, um, and it's from you know growing up doing you know theater in high school and you know playing piano and things like that there was there was this creative part of me that really needed to to come out cuz it had yeah. it, it had been been kind of oppressed for a long time because of the you know kind of the various jobs that I was working in it and I just wasn't allowed to to do things like that um and part of it was my own choice I just didn't yeah. didn't do yeah. it um but doing a podcast was it that was a big part for me was i needed to i needed to do it for me
1: you know what yeah, i mean yeah definitely oh yeah definitely i think that um i think you're right in that it's like it's a creative outlet yeah. right and it's um it's it is definitely uh inspired from performance you know i mean i would hope i'm not putting on a character you know what i mean like i i would hope i'm being honest um it's just that my honesty and my like who i am at times is a contradiction yeah no and and Um, james i don't um, i don't mean performing
0: uh, like like you are playing a character but like a like a production uh like such a actually doing it yeah you know speaking your own voice but then you know
1: putting it together and as you said having a final product totally yeah yeah, no, 100 percent. And of, of course, that's and, you know, I, I um, yeah, I think that it was um, I actually think it's the thing that's really incredible about podcasting is that it's so accessible mm-hmm. and it's and it's 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 potentially the best parts of so many fun arts you know yeah. because it's like it's it's performance it's audio like you know radio play or it's or it's play, people are doing you know people are writing books and then just reading them on podcasts or interviews you like interview is a creative art and and I, um it's actually something i find really frustrating about the granting system right now is that it doesn't know how to recognize podcasting unless it's fiction based and and a lot of grants mm-hmm. uh, and granting bodies don't recognize you know, uh, 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 interview based shows as any kind of creative art. And, and I think that they're really missing the points about what a podcast. I is. agree. And uh, we
0: I should like talk that. about that offline. Cause
1: I've, I've also been thinking about that with some it. stuff. I love it. I love it. Definitely. Yeah. Put a pin in that yeah. one. Right. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it's definitely something that it, uh, I've always been somebody who's been, um, a bit of a, a self-starter in terms of creative process because <clears throat> I don't get a lot of opportunities professionally. You know, I got one. I got <laughs> one acting role in the last three years, and uh, and and before that, I got like one line on a TV show. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I I don't get a lot of roles. You know, and and I don't get a lot of opportunities. And um, so I've always had to make my art. Um, you know, for for years and years and years, I I, I used to post it. I I still do it. I just don't post it. Um, but you know, I've written a poem a day for, going on about uh let's see if it's 20 if it's 2021 then i've been writing a poem a day for about nine years I remember yeah used to post Um, those yeah yeah and I used to post I don't anymore but um but like uh you know so I just I I just create right And, and it's the thing that I love about podcasting is that it's a way to um it's almost like it's I don't know how to describe it. It's it's like it's like you're living in the moment but you're also able to record it. And so Mm -hmm. it's both, it's like, it's like, it's like good for living, you know, living presently, but then it's also good for posterity. it's something that I've always struggled with in the past with, with, with writing with creative expression in general is that like, you know, you have those nights where you're really on a roll where you're maybe talking to somebody and you're just like the juice is flowing and you're like, Oh my God, why can't, why can't we remember this? Because then the next day when you sit down to write it and it's gone, you know? And I think that's the magic of a podcast is that you're putting a, microphone in front of you and you're just seeing what happens right and and sometimes magic ha- sometimes it's kind of dull but sometimes it works right you know, and, and that's just the creative process i've heard howard stern say say that to
0: to a couple of his guests that he's had on he he's because he uh, well not to bring up jerry seinfeld again but i love him so <laughs> he was he was on stern a couple of years ago and and they have become friends like they're really really mm-hmm. close friends so they get together and they and they hang out at each other's houses and in the one interview Stern says you once asked me a question what what are your top 10 movies and Stern mm-hmm. said let's not talk about this now we'll talk about it the next time you come on my show because it's such a you know it's just yeah, one of those yeah. fun things and yeah you're right uh, but not everybody has a microphone and and not everybody wants to have a microphone but you and that's I exactly have that it. creative thing in our head that says that's exactly, that's exactly we it. should um, there there should be some kind of,
1: uh, outlet for this
0: so, so thank exactly. god for podcasts
1: and, uh, right exactly well and that's the thing too is that i've always been looking for you know i i've always been looking for my niche in terms of creative outlet I find so much inspiration in so many arts and yet i don't find a lot of satisfaction in a lot of them mm. you know whether it's you know whether it's singing music playing you know even acting i don't i, I don't always feel a ton of satisfaction in it and it's more about just uh, seeing good acting is incredible. And then you try to recreate it and it's like, not as good. And yeah. so it's like, it doesn't make me a bad artist. It just makes me not necessarily looking for satisfaction through acting. Right? right. You know. And so, so yeah. So I think that podcasting has given me that platform of like, of, of, I mean, I'm very, I mean, as you can probably tell, I'm long-winded. And so I really like podcasting because it lets you just go if you want to right how
0: how have you improved as a podcaster since you since you started you were you were talking Um, about your you know you're continually trying to 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 improve of course and and kind of build up to some of those trickier ones but
1: yeah i I think that it's
0: um, i guess maybe how have you changed i guess as a podcaster yeah
1: yeah, yeah i think that the two things that have really helped me grow in terms of my like creative satisfaction action with the show has been creating a set of parameters. Um with the new with the new question questionnaire that I yeah. put out. Um for the first, you know, I've called them seasons. Really, it was just like I burnt out and stopped doing it twice. Yeah. And so now I'm technically on season three. But um in the third season I've been sending out a little questionnaire. So it's a locked set of three questions that I ask the guest and then they give me three questions. And um and that creates this six question parameter that um, really helps shape you know you would almost think it would become uniform and generic and the same but it actually creates room for spontaneity and these new you know uh it it actually makes every episode unique that way um and i there's always a there's a saying that i can never remember but it's something about like limitations are the you know the seed of creativity or whatever i know that's not the right saying but there's some there's some old idiom about it and it's really true where the moment i put parameters on the show was when it suddenly became really creative Mm. um and and i really and i really started enjoying that um because the same thing too is the other side of it is is um knowing when to cut the show off and like wanting to you know, wanting to put out more long-form shows, but then realizing that it, um, for for my audience, it was a lot more interesting just to get to the good bits and to edit it down, and to you know, you know, maybe we talk for an hour, but I only put out a half-hour episode, and and just making sure that it's just the good pockets, right? right? And um, and that's been something that I've really enjoyed because, like, yeah, I don't know, I I think I think that a lot of people, and I I I really don't want to sound like I'm throwing shade because we're we're ahead record and recording talking, and so I really don't want to sound like I'm. Um, you know, like pointing my finger behind my head kind of thing, right? You know, but like, I think a lot of people have it in their head to sort of do the, like the Joe Rogan thing of just like hit record and go for four hours. I think it's because I really like uh, shorter form Mm. content content Mm. right now. There's, there's a movement right now to, to be putting out more and longer and, you know, YouTube's encouraging longer episodes and uh, Spotify obviously is encouraging longer podcasts. And I'm actually, maybe it's the oppositional defiant in me where I'm like, I want it short now. (laughs) Well, um, That's um, part of the
0: process, uh, right. Of of seeing, you know, as podcasters is, is, and, and this really only happens after you do it for a certain amount of time, um, is, you know, figuring out what, what works, not just for the audience. Cause I mean, obviously that's important. Um, but what works for you and I, in terms of exactly. the final product. So, um, how many, how many
1: friends have you refriended from after your podcast? So you none. Oh, really? Yeah. Never gone back, never re-added on Facebook. Um, obviously like we've gone on to like you know if we're not already friends on instagram we we friends on instagram or twitter or stuff like that but i i steadfast refuse i will not re-friend anybody on facebook that's that's i thought james i
0: thought the process was that you you unfriend after after the podcast and then if you both think we are actually friends then you are friend again
1: Oh, no, I'm not that nice. (laughs) No, No, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's once it's off Facebook, we're done there because the goal is, you know, because like Facebook is so ubiquitous as like this, as this like monolithic evil entity. And obviously I understand, you know, Instagram is a part of it. So it's kind of the joke of the show is that we unfriend on Facebook and then friend on Instagram. I I get it's hypocrisy, but, um, but uh, Facebook is like Amazon, right? It's one of those monoliths of evil, you know. So really, the end goal and the end prayer is that I someday get off of it. Yeah. Um, it's just that it is. I mean, it also is so uh, important to day to day life, whether it's whether it's through communication and socialization, or whether it's through like marketing and and you know trying to push my show. Like, there's no better platform than. Instagram and Facebook to build a show like this, right? And so, it's a lot of work, so it is the push pull. A lot of work.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I found it with 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 mine for sure. Pod, yeah. Podcast yeah. network, I I make more of an effort, but with with my own show, it's just I mean, I find it to be a lot just to just to produce one, you know, exactly. record, exactly. edit, um, you know, put it together on Anchor and then get it out. Yep. Exactly. Um, exactly. so yeah. How, how can we grow podcasting here, here in Saskatchewan more? This man, is the great man, question I for me I these days. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. I wish I knew, man. um Because all I want to do is podcast, you know, like I've, you know, I do my writing and I, and I have my routines. I, you know, I have daily writing routines and word counts and yada, yada. And I, and I do that all for myself. um But in terms of podcasting, like that's what I want to do. And I, I have other ideas for other shows. I've got ideas for scripted stuff. I've got, you know, for, for all kinds of other things. And, um, and if I could, it's all I would do. And I have no idea how to grow it. And I, and I, I, I do think that it's less about growing it in Saskatchewan, and it's more about just growing it in I guess if we have to be regional. It's about growing it in Canada. Right. And it's about actually, it's about, it's about decentralizing it because it is a digital media it's online. Who cares where you're recording it? You know, like some of the best podcasts in America are recorded in Ohio, you Mm -hmm. know, like who cares? Right. It's, it's not, it's not about what city you're recording it in. It's about how good your content is. And so um, if we're, I I think I I guess if I was going to say, you know, how to grow it, it's about just like make the best podcast you can and, be consistent about as, as excellent quality as you can. Yeah. And then, then who cares where you're recording it? Right. Yeah. You know, uh, um, um, that's, I mean, that's the thing. That's one of the things I hate about Canadian culture in general is this regionalism of like, well, you're from the prairies. So you're at this tier of respect and you're from BC. So you're at this tier of respect and you're from Toronto. So that's why we blow all the smoke up your ass. And it's like, no, like this is, this is dumb. We're all dumb. We're just Canadian. Like let's all just be Canadian artists and let's work together because there isn't enough of us to be tribal about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I mean, in general, there's not enough Canadians to be tribal about it, let alone enough Canadian artists, That's you know, true. like, like the whole country w- fits inside of New York state and then they have 49 other States, yeah. you know? So it's like, let's stop, let's stop this. Like, Oh, we we can only support Saskatchewan. We can only support BC. It's like no. Let's let's figure out who's gonna help us make the best thing we can make, and let's work together, and and then make it better. Yeah, right.
0: No, I think you're right. Well, boy, we've uh, we've talked here.
1: Yeah, man. No. Long form. <laughs> I did. not I yeah. I just kept going. I, I don't know. I, I was. I hope you don't have, have a dentist appointment or something. <laughs> <laughs> not today. Not today. No. Well. No. I've got my, I've got my therapist on Thursdays, but yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> so yeah. Thanks for the, for the work that you do to, to help the podcasting community here in Saskatchewan. Uh, where can people listen to friendless?
1: Yeah. Uh, so I, on any podcast, just look up friendless. You'll find it friendless with James Evermanco. Um, you can find me on, well, I've got a website that sucks that I'm trying really hard to get better at, but uh, it's brutal. it's um, friendlesspod.com And then all social media is FriendlessPod.
0: pod. So thanks James. And um, everybody listen to, to the friendless podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple podcasts, yep, yep. go to James's all website, it, even though he doesn't like it that much. okay thanks James thank you that's it for this episode of the Talking 306 podcast thanks to James Avramenko for joining me please follow or subscribe to the Friendless podcast for free on any major podcast app or visit friendlesspod.com that's friendlesspod.com or find it listed on the Saskatchewan Podcast Network's website. That's saskpodcastnetwork.com. If you'd like to listen to more episodes of the Talking 306 Podcast, you can visit talking306podcast.com or subscribe for free on your favourite podcast app. Thanks to Conexus and Direct West for their support of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. And thanks to Path Cowork for their ongoing support of this podcast, the Talking 306 Podcast. That's it for this episode. See you next time.